You're listening to DraftKings Network. Wow! Oh boy, this is uh, this was the big uh, big surprise we were this talking is, about. Yeah, we we tried to we tried to keep it uh, you know uh, hush, hush. Yeah, because we didn't know if it was gonna happen, <laughs> <laughs> but it did, and we're really excited about it. We just got off the phone uh, with the one, the only Cal Martino. Yes, we had a great great chat with that. You're about to hear, uh, and I think you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be excited about just first of all the tone, the tone, <laughs> yeah, the tone alone. <laughs> the, but but the idea, look. Uh, there's no other no other can- presidential USSF presidential candidate has ever been on a comedy show, buddy. They but- don't have the balls. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Mr. Martino was the first in, in an unprecedented move. And I want to apologize to the fans because I forgot to ask him: Is he Hispanic, Martino? <laughs> He's I, probably Italian. I, I, but <laughs> I feel we're looking right at his face. I'm going to say, bro. I don't know. I don't if think he is, so. Bro, very Argentinian. <laughs> <laughs> if he is, uh, but we we got a chance to speak to him. There's a couple questions uh, we, that we that we asked that he really opened up about. Yeah. And, uh, so th- look, we were we were really surprised. I know this isn't the normal tone of our of our intros <laughs> ever. But don't but, worry, the music's coming. Yeah, in a but actually, yeah, because we we were we were stunned. We were stunned. <laughs> we were we're still we're still uh, uncomfortable and yeah. shocked from I'm all the fanning from words. myself. <laughs> uh, what 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 an awesome time! And uh, thank you for making time. And uh, yeah, look, another Cooligan special episode. Exactly. Huh? And uh, and we do want to uh, just point out, we want to thank thank again who made this happen. Who made it happen? Seat Geek, Seat Geek, hooking up the Cooligans, hooking all of our fans up. Uh, if you guys want to support the Cooligans, you guys want to support Seat Geek. You guys want to already go to like uh, uh you know a fun sports event you yeah. want to go to a great concert you want to go to a uh you know an, a major league soccer game uh mls season is coming up that's and right if you're gonna get tickets for games that maybe you're not a part of maybe they're they're away games or maybe you didn't buy season tickets and you just buy them as you get a chance why would you go anywhere besides the official partner the official ticketing partner of mls which is SeatGeek? so you can go to the app you can go to the website you go ahead and what they'll do is they'll search all the other sites they'll give you the best possible deal on those tickets bruh i mean it's smart it makes it i mean you gonna go to all those sites independently? That doesn't make any sense. Just go to see. You're gonna, gonna be all day going to all these. All, all day. All you're gonna have like pieces of paper on the wall. You're gonna have like the <laughs> red gonna, string pointing it's around. Be minority Report. Yeah. You're gonna be all yeah. these different screens. Carol, <laughs> right? What you gotta do is just go to SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com or download the app. It does the hard work for you. Okay. And how about this? Because you listen to Cooligans, just put that bad boy in there. Just put Cooligans in there. You're gonna get twenty dollars off your first order. Yeah, do it. Doesn't that make any sense? <laughs> It makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world. You don't want people to say, oh, this kid got no sense. Yeah. No. You don't want to say that. You don't want people to say that about you. You don't want that. <laughs> you want people to be like, oh, he clearly listens to Cooligans. He's a smart dude. That's right. Only, uh, the, only the smartest. Only the, the smartest. smartest. <laughs> only listen to this <laughs> drivel that we put out. They're like, but, NPR, that's garbage. That's garbage. Yo, they don't even, they don't mention <laughs> Uggs. And they, don't, they don't mention fruit bowls <laughs> on NPR. They're very lacking in the fruit bowl department. That's right. So uh, thank you so much for, for listening to this special episode. Why don't we get right to it, uh, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, yeah, we're the Cooligans, and uh, listen to this. Hey, this is Alexi Lawless. There is nobody in U.S. soccer that is more important than the Cooligans. Yeah, baby! Oh, boy. Welcome <laughs> to the Cooligans! <laughs> Welcome to, I mean, probably the biggest Cooligans episode we've I mean, ever had. Yeah, if you're watching, you can see his photo, right? But if you're listening, you have no idea what we're talking about. We are about to interview a, a presidential candidate 
that yes. may not polarize the entire nation the way other <laughs> different uh, elections have. This is for USSF, for the United States Soccer Federation. Yeah. So many people have been talking about it. We have a million questions. Yeah, well, I'm, we'll we'll try to get to as many as we can. Uh, right. But this is going to be uh, pretty incredible, and we are very excited to welcome uh, this gentleman uh, into the, into the the Cooligans uh, household, if yeah. you will, into, into the circle of friends. <laughs> uh, you right, know, we're right here at the Hackensack Meridian Health Stage Seventeen. If you've recording. been watching, yeah. Oh my God, in Hackensack Meridian Health Stage Seventeen. Sorry, I interrupted you as you were saying <laughs> that. I mean, if you've watched MLS for a long time, you've seen him play. Uh, you may remember him uh, doing some work with ESPN. You may now him. Uh, know him from NBC Sports. That's right. The sole American voice <laughs> for all soccer fans of the English League. Ladies and gentlemen, unless you're driving, put your hands together for the one, the only, Cal Martino. Hello, Kyle. <laughs> massive, massive oversell. This is going <laughs> to under-deliver for sure. No, you have you have no idea how big this is for us because, you know, <laughs> So many people are, are talking back and forth about what's important about, um, you know, what's happening with the soccer presidency and what's going to happen and, and who's going to get in and all the different changes that might happen. And then people come to us and we're two, uh, you know, silly comedians and we try to make this funny, but there's so much passion behind this. So having you on means a lot to us. They, they always say that in, in tragic moments, laughter is the best uh, medicine. So I, I think it's important that we're doing this podcast now <laughs> because um, I, in order for me not to cry on the phone about what's going on, I, I need jokes here and there. Well, I was about to say, I mean, for those of us who've been following the U.S. men's national team, been a lot of uh, laughing while crying uh, this past few months. Also, if you could cry on the phone, that would make for a really great video, uh, yeah. <laughs> great podcast. Well, and I also, I, I, I do also have a, like, Claire Danes, like, really ugly cry, too. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Dude, uh, we, we got a chance to speak to you, but we didn't get a chance to really dive in. Um, I guess the first question is, we know a lot about you from your playing days and from your commentary and, uh, you know, on social media, you and your wife. Um, but what what made you want to run for president? Because I heard this is an unpaid position. <laughs> it is? Yeah. Oh, man, what am I doing? <laughs> you might have to have a conversation with the lady. Uh, I got to call you guys back. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I had to first answer this question to myself. Uh, I, 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 I was in the aftermath of failing to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, I was heartbroken just like everyone else. I went to a bar in Manhattan to watch it with the Manhattan chapter of the American Outlaw. So I was a fan that day. And, um, you know, it's kind of hard when you're, when you're a pundit, when you're in the professional side. You, you have to walk this neutral ground. So you don't get a lot of opportunities to show your true colors. And I did that night. And, and it was the saddest moment I can remember as a, as a soccer fan. And, and I realized in the aftermath that it wasn't the failure to qualify that I was, I was so concerned about. It was, it was the fact that there were so many indicators that we were headed in this direction. And, you know, it's kind of like the, the mortgage crisis, right, where the financial markets collapsed in 2008 and everyone is shocked. But in reality, there were a lot of people uh, with knowledge, now and experience that were looking at, you know, whether it was, was uh, d default rates increasing or income going down, but there, there being no, no income requirements for, for loans and enormous interest rates and arms that people didn't understand. All, all of these mechanisms that led to the bundling of toxic assets into uh, securitization uh, industry that, that profited off of that, it, it was all there. You could read it, and a few people did, and, and famously the big short tries to tell you how. Soccer was kind of a similar thing where a lot of us behind the scenes were seeing some of these issues 
that were being papered over based on the women continue, continually being the beacon of success in this country and, and really making us proud, but not doing it with a lot of support from us and, and definitely not equal treatment. And then finally, the men collapse. And everyone acts like it, it, it's a massive deal, and that's where the focus should be. So one of the reasons I came into the election was because uh, I care about the game above everything else. Uh, I, I don't dissect it and put it in silos and talk about teams or, or leagues or international versus club. Uh, I talk about the game, and, and that's what I want to grow, and that's what I care about. And I'm worried about the game right now. So one of the reasons I left my dream job with NBC was to just finally put my money where my mouth is. And uh, if, if I win lead in a way that we need a leader to, to take us to a more transparent, a more equal, and a more progressive uh, governing process that finally focuses on the local level and grows a soccer culture, uh, and, and if I can't convince enough people and win February 10th, I just want to make sure I push all the other candidates to be on record with the things that we care about. Well, and that that begs a question. Do you think that if the if the the U.S. men's national team makes it to the World Cup, you know they 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 win against Trinidad uh, and Tobago, are you running for the presidency of uh, of U.S. soccer? I'm not, and I have to be honest about that. I don't think a lot of people are, and, and I give Steve Gans and others that came forward before that that uh, historic low uh, and 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 challenge uh, the structure. Um, they deserve a lot of credit because they weren't waiting for uh, the, the, the inflection point or, or at least the optics of a massive inflection point. We all know the inflection point happened a long time ago. But the reason that uh, the, the failure was the impetus um, is because a, a few mechanisms keep the power structure in place. One is it's an unpaid position, which we joked about. That, that keeps people who are qualified from making lateral moves from executive positions to challenge a president and create a true meritocracy so that if you're not doing the job, not performing, or not delivering on promises, you don't get reelected. To have an unchallenged election, it, 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 it's, it's what happens in, in countries with corruption. So um, I'm not suggesting there's corruption here, but it's a red flag that we need to pay attention to. Um, I, know, I, I, know, I know it's hard to say that with a straight face. But, um, <laughs> But, but basically, what I want is transparency. It, it, it's not about calling people out or making accusations. It's just saying, just tell us what's happening and why decisions are being made, because this Byzantine process is confusing us. So without, without that low point, right, without hitting rock bottom, it wasn't possible to create a, a level playing field politically to, to challenge the power structure that's been created over a few decades. You know, you brought up a good point, um, and you played uh, your first uh, team with MLS. You were drafted by the Columbus Crew. They're going through. Yeah. Um, they're going through a bit of, a, of an issue right now. And I know you've been on record as saying you hope you get in in time to possibly help uh, find yeah. a way to make that happen. But you just mentioned something. You know, more transparency. I'm, the more I learn about uh, what happens in American soccer, and you know, we started uh, a comedic podcast because we want to help grow the game as well, and we saw that there was no one really being... You didn't, you didn't wait for the Trinidad and Tobago failure. You, you started your podcast well no, before that. No, we saw other content and realized that was as big a failure. Uh, <laughs> that was our big short. That was, yeah. We realized other content's like entertaining, but it's not funny, and it's not fun to watch as much as what we thought we could do, so we got in the game. But the more we learn about what happens on the inside, the more we we're like, oh no. Uh, so my question to you is, do you think 100% transparency is a good thing? Is it maybe that Jack Nicholson line of, we can't handle the truth? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just envisioning the, the culmination in, in A Few Good Men where Tom Cruise is saying, I believe he wants to say it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there, <laughs> there is this you need me on the wall kind of feel of what's going on in this election right now. And, and I, I, I can say this because I know the people that have been in place. And I know Don Garber. I know Sunil Gulati well. I, I've, I've, I've been in the game for a long time, and we've crossed paths. Um, I respect a lot of the things they've done, and they've been in the game for a long time. So, so they deserve credit for a lot of things. But there is a, a, a point of demarcation, and there is a diminishing returns point that we've passed where the way that we're doing things is not good for soccer in this country. And so um, transparency is essential. It, 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 is one of the, the, uh, it is one of the most consistent themes from all candidates. Obviously, there's some irony there a little bit, but, but there is <laughs> – there, there, there is a desire to just start there. Listen, we can get into the weeds and the nuance of open systems and solidarity payments and pay-to-play and all these other buzzwords that are important. And, of course, we need to, to, to talk about them. But without transparency, um, uh, you know, you, you're, you're, you're kind of you're in this awkward situation. You know, it, it, it's, it's just it, there's no efficacy, right? It, it's awkward. And, and you walk in and you see them try to fumble through explanations. It's like watching divorced parents play Twister. It's just not comfortable. <laughs> and and you, you know that there aren't good answers. When, when people don't give answers, it's because they don't have good ones. So I guess at least finally, uh, with, with the fact that the men, the last time they failed to qualify was 1986, you know, there is a climate of we want answers now, and even if they're bad answers or, or clearly not, not accurate answers, uh, we're forcing people to be on record. And then it's up to journalists and fans to report this thing out to make sure that we do, whether if, if we can't create it legislatively, uh, we're going to, in the court of public opinion, say we deserve answers now. Well, uh, I wanted to ask in, in that uh, regard to transparency, I know that you got – I don't know if you got into a little bit of trouble or or somebody would have <laughs> upset with you. I know it was uh, there's an there was an issue with Soccer United marketing the the you know the the infallible Soccer United marketing where the, the, when Wait, it, hold on, we got to play their theme song. But no, well there, there was an issue. I know that you made a comment about the you know where the the the, the men's national team uh, matches, you know, at, at what venues they'll be played at. Uh, and uh, you can please clarify because I'm uh, kind of sort of you know, just paraphrasing about uh, that it was Soccer United Marketing that that it helped make that decision, and they said that that wasn't the case. But are we talking specifically about the Costa Rica match in a, Red, a, Bull Red, Arena. Red Bull Arena? Yeah. Yeah. So that created a stir, and the reason it created a stir is because I, I'm not. Um, I'm not the salacious, controversial type. Uh, the last time I made an accusation uh, was based off of, uh, again, like this one, knowledge from people that have been in the room, that have been a part of it, uh, and, and then my own observation. So it was when I suggested that Martin Vasquez, as the assistant coach to Jurgen Klinsmann, wasn't executing well and wasn't capable of preparing the national team for success in the way they were running the team, um, I, I was met with a, a huge challenge from U.S. soccer. That time it was privately. They called me on my phone right after that game uh, where I did the halftime show and said that. And this was days before their, their qualifier at the Azteca against Mexico. So, so why I was even important in their world is a totally, you know, <laughs> another story. But, um, you know, they, they, they tried to shut me down, and they, they told me don't do that anymore. They, they, uh, they banned me from an open press 
uh, invitation that was coming up. They weren't going to let me have access to, to the coaching staff and the players. And NBC put their foot down and said, no, Kyle didn't do anything wrong. This is what journalists do. He had the knowledge. He, he did it the right way. It was ethical, and we support him. So U.S. soccer reversed very quickly and, and allowed me to come back to press conferences. But, but a, a few months later, we all know now Jurgen Klinsmann fired Martin Vasquez. So that's not because of me. I, I don't have an inflated opinion of myself enough. And I want to hope, of course, it's not because of me, because that would, that would, that would be a bigger problem. Um, but the reason that happened was because I lent my credibility to, to bring an issue to light. And so I've done that again. I, I've lent my credibility and, and my relationships and also my ability to have a person like Bruce Arena on record and willing to be on record uh, making this, this statement seem more accurate. Um, and, I, and I did it, and I did it with a risk. Now, the risk is if they come forward, and, and by they, I mean U.S. soccer, some Major League Soccer, this, this, this agreement and this, this understanding that they have, if they come forward and debunk it flat out, um, it, it damages my credibility. But, but what that does is I, I offered a, a chunk of my credibility as collateral for transparency. So that, that's a win. And listen, they should want that if they've got nothing to hide. Um, but, but, but here's the thing. It's not really about um, specifically that game. We could get into the weeds and the nuances of um, – should it have been played there? Should it have not been played there? My vantage point is, is completely from a competitive one, having played in World Cup qualifiers and gone to Costa Rica, by the way, the old Saprissa Stadium, and we needed riot police to get off the bus. Uh, I mean, before we even got to the stadium, they were pulling the fire alarms and keeping us up all night. And then we got to the stadium. Plaster was dropping off of the, the ceiling in our locker room because the fans were jumping so much. I mean, we went out on the field. Like regular old concacaf to me. I don't know. <laughs> well, they have, they have 30-foot-tall gates to keep people from running out on the field. On the field during our national anthem, they booed. I mean, you, you go abroad, and they literally, to the, to the millimeter size of the grass, control every competitive advantage they have. So I'm looking at this from a competitive uh, sense, and Bruce Arena has more experience in World Cup qualifiers than anyone else, and Bruce Arena did not want to play that game at Red Bull Arena for that reason and that reason alone. Um, the decision to have it there, U.S. soccer now has come out with a statement, right? And that, again, the, my accusation is nothing new. It's just someone with my credibility making that accusation has forced them to be on record. Now, they're on record by saying that, that U.S. soccer made that decision unilaterally. That, that might be a distinction without a difference if Sunil Gulati and Don Garber or U.S. soccer board members have any equity stake in some. Or, or, or that relationship is beneficial to people in a financial way. We, we don't know the answers to that because they won't tell us the answers to that. So um, th that, that isn't a, a denial that's, that, that, suffice, that, that suffices it. It doesn't assuage any concerns. And then the next part of their statement, they said, um, they check with their and work directly with their coaches, right, the head coaches of the national teams. Well, I know that not to be true because Bruce Arena told me that he said 100% we cannot play that game at Red Bull Arena. And listen, we didn't lose that game because it was at Red Bull Arena. The players didn't perform on that day, and that's their fault. The fans performed, and it was one of the most amazing atmospheres, but the players didn't. So we're not, we're not saying that this is the reason that the U.S. lost. We're just saying that the most important part of this that we have to highlight is why was that decision made and who made it? So if Bruce Arena didn't want to play that game there, he, he wasn't involved in that decision. 
so if, if that decision was made unilaterally, unilaterally by who and for what reasons? And, and we don't have those answers. We only have speculation. And, and don't tell me that you consult the head coaches of national teams because I promise you that the head coach of the women's national team, whoever it is, does not want to play games on turf. So if you're consulting them, they would tell you that. And, and the fact that the women keep being put on turf fields, it just proves they're not listening to national team coaches. So, again, the statement, uh, it, it did not clear anything up. So that, that, that's why I was willing to put myself uh, in, the cross, you know, in the crossfire and kick the hornet's nest. Not because I don't believe that they're, they're good people or honest people. Listen, the relationship between U.S. Soccer Sum and Major League Soccer was, was integral to the health of the game at a certain point. It was a great move, a wonderful strategic idea that has helped give us so many great things in the game. We just need to know if it's still a good relationship because it's never been bid out. It, it, no one knows the details of it. And if they are truly a third party, a company owned by Major League Soccer... Uh, it, it's hard to understand why they don't feel there's a conflict of interest there. And, and so doing digging and research, the conflict of interest policy that every 501c3 has, and U.S. soccer has one, it, it seems that it has a line in there that says affiliates uh, are, are, not, are excluded from the conflict of interest policy. So uh, you know, we, we are not getting answers. We don't have transparency. And in a climate where right down the offices from Major League Soccer, people are being handcuffed and, and, and charged with taking bribes for, for uh, World Cup bids with FIFA, it, it's just, I think, a really irresponsible thing to do, and it hurts the brand of soccer in this country to not, to not disclose how these decisions are made and, and what the relationship is. Wait, which, uh, who's a 501c3? Say it again. Who, uh, SUM or MLS? U Which one is a 501 No, U.S. U.S. Soccer, MLS, and, and some are non are, are for profit companies. Okay, obviously. all right. Yeah, if so, you don't know, 501 yeah. C3 is a nonprofit for our listeners if they don't know. I was just surprised to hear you say that because I was like, I remember the NFL used to be a 501 uh, C3, so I thought maybe SUM or MLS were. I mean, at some point, are you a little afraid because, you know. <laughs> You're burning all these bridges, bro. I mean, <laughs> yeah, frankly, yeah. I, I'm afraid right now. I'm, I'm afraid for you. I'm afraid having you on the show. We might have to block yeah, all I mean, this listen, out. <laughs> I, 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 I know that. Um, I, I, I know that I'm, I'm bringing some tough questions and some, some hard truths. Um, but the reason I'm doing it is because I, I honestly do believe there's an appetite to all work together to, to move this country forward and build a soccer culture. And I, you know, even though they're annoyed with me right now, <laughs> I still do have conversations with Sneil and Dan Flynn and Don Garber. It's kind of like your playing days. You know, you can kick people and, and, and fight and get in a fist fight in practice, but you still, hug, you still hug it out afterwards if you truly are about winning games and it's truly about the soccer. So, um, to their credit, as, as annoyed, mad at me as they are, and I know they are, uh, that, you know, they are still going about this thing with communication with me and other candidates um, to, to, you know, hopefully help us all accomplish what we want to accomplish, which is finally turn the Federation back into a member services organization that grows the game. And, you know, and I wanted to ask uh, a particular thing. I know people may be annoyed with you, but there's a lot of people who are very, very supportive of you. I know... Uh, personally, from just uh, seeing you uh, on different interviews, you—if I can compare you to the other candidates—I—I—I I, I feel that there is this uh, uh, 
ability that you have to just uh, i don't know just convey a message that that i don't know that seems a little sweeter it's a, it's like a, the sweeter side of us it's the hair it's it's the hair just i mean <laughs> you know buddy it works for me okay uh, sometimes i come across across a little brash and i'm like oh i didn't do my hair today you know <laughs> because there there is a the you know other candidates that are a much more uh, you know, things need to change immediately, and this and this is what's wrong. And there's a, a much more stoic approach. Uh, but I feel like there is a a you know a a, a, a softer plan in place, and, and and I think this might even annoy some people because people want change tomorrow. Like pr for promotion relegation, I know that you mentioned that it's a thing that can't happen now, but you have a I believe a plan to uh, uh, get it in place by 2030. Is that correct? Well, yeah, completely. To have it totally open by then and, and start to lead us towards that. I mean, here, here's the thing. I, I believe in so many of the things that other candidates are talking about and have so much respect for other candidates because it takes a lot of courage to be in this race and a lot of sacrifice. But um, reform is going to happen with a scalpel, not a sledgehammer. So we, we need to make sure that we are strategic and, and we are going about this in the right way because it doesn't help to be screaming from the sidelines. We need to be in the game. And the way to get into the game is, is, to, is, to, is to make salient, cogent arguments and, and, and do it so that um, we, we, we don't feel rabid and, and, and don't, don't march down the street together with torches. I mean, we, we have to show that we can unify, that we can galvanize. But, but we can't let it become noise. The messaging has to be clear, and, and the strategy has to be a long-game one, because I promise you uh, there's, no, there's no panacea. There's no, there's no, there's no uh, uh, switch to flip. Now, uh, people have asked, I think we, we put it out to the fans that we may be interviewing a presidential candidate for USSF, and the, probably the biggest question we keep getting is pay for play, pay for play, pay for play. I've heard you in other interviews say it exists a little bit in Europe. Um, you know, we heard the Jonathan Gonzalez thing is broken up, broken apart. A lot of news that we were, a lot of general fans are starting to hear. One of the most big shocking news that we found out is that USSF only has one full-time scout, which is insane to me. The budget's tight right? <laughs> I mean, that hundred million y'all got in the bank, uh, they're not spending it on a scout, that's for sure. I, what are some of the things that you want to change? What do you see by the time 2030 comes? In your, if, you, if your system is implemented and you don't get a lot of pushback, which I'm sure you're going to, um, you, you have an open system. But what, what about um, the youth development? What about um, you know, the kids who grew up like us who didn't have enough money to go to academies or, or travel schools or, or these big programs? What does it say for them? So, um, yeah, I, I, I look at a lot of the buzzwords and pay-to-play is one of them. And I just think to myself... Um, we have to kind of like suggesting we can open the system tomorrow. We have to stop. We have to stop villainizing pay-to-play like it's something incredibly unique. It exists in other sports in this country and in our sport around the world. The problem we've created is there's market confusion where we've professionalized the game at a really young level, and the cost of play is enormous. And you know it has parallels to higher education right now where. Uh, you know, it, it, kids get on, on either under crippling um, student debt or, or their, their parents have to be really wealthy. And, and so I look at the budget for U.S. soccer and I think to myself, well, if you look at the line items, we paid $3 million a year. And by the way, are continuing to pay $3 million a year for a coach we don't have anymore, but a coach that we determined wasn't performing. And over 10 years, we spent $3 million on financial aid. So it's clear that the Federation hasn't 
hasn't done a good job of making the game more affordable. And they've done that by not defining a pathway. So I could write right now, when you come into the game as a six-year-old and, and you maybe one day make it to the national team, the path that you can take. But, and this wasn't my line. This was someone that was at my summit in Manhattan. Uh, there were 25 people from across the, the, the soccer landscape that helped me create a progress plan that you guys referenced. And one of the, the former female players said, Kyle, there isn't a pathway. It's Frogger. And it was, we kind of laughed, and we all thought, yeah, that's it. I mean, there's no real clear movement up. And one of the reasons is we haven't gone to the U.S. Youth, U.S. Club, AYSO, say, organizations, by the way, that do want to work together and do meet regularly to say, okay, where does everyone want to live? How do we define the space? Let's mutually agree on requirements and regulations that can keep everyone in their lane. And now let's incentivize the development of players to be passed up by solidarity payments, grants, and reimbursements in other ways that they do it in other countries to stop the infighting and the clinging to, to, to elite players. But, but that, that's, a, that's a movement to professional or Division I college or, or national team strategy. We can walk and chew gum at the same time, but really the focus needs to be about increasing membership and improving retention. And you do that by using the surplus and, and other ways that we can get money to build more fields, to create a movement towards futsal, which solves an inner city problem of lack of facilities, to, to uh, improve coaching education for these communities, to make it free, to offer more financial aid, but most importantly, make the game fun again at that level. We've stressed parents out by charging them incredible fees, and, we, and we've, we've made kids realize, well, you know what, if I'm eight years old and I'm not good enough yet, well, I'm going to go play another sport. Now, in Spain and Argentina and these other countries, you can do that because soccer is the number one sport. You can't you can't put pressure on kids at that age because the, the reason this is the number one sport in the world is it's blue collar. It's for everyone. And, and, and it is the most enjoyable community health wellness experience for, for a child. We've stressed kids out. Mia Hamm said this to me, so I'm not going to take it. She said, Kyle, there's an epidemic that kids aren't having fun anymore, and, and it's our fault. And, and listen, if you, if you think it only has rec implications, you're kidding yourself because Jonathan Gonzalez, who is one of the most phenomenal players that's been developed here, recently just said that he's going to play for Mexico instead of the U.S., which has created a big stir. One of the reasons is he just doesn't feel an affinity for, for playing for this country and doesn't feel connected to the badge because we haven't showed, we haven't showed him the attention. And, and, and from a young age, these Latino communities and, and dual citizens, uh, that they are so important to our membership, so important to our game, and we're going to serve them. And he is the real-life elite version of what happens when you start doing that at, at a young age. Well, we're here to give our, uh, you know, we're here to give our services. If you need Latino outreach, you've got a Cuban and a Uruguayan. Well, so we'll, have, we'll have three scouts now. That's perfect. <laughs> three scouts, yeah, so, baby. By the, by the way, that's another one that we have to make sure that we don't perpetuate. Where, um, you know, it's not entirely accurate. There's only one scout. But what we both, what we, what we all agree on is we don't have anywhere near as many as we need. If you look at, at Germany, they're the size of Oklahoma, and they have 1,200 uh, full-time and part-time uh, coaches and, and and nearly as many scouts and 390 centers of excellence. So we're the size of Europe. To think we can do this with with 90 scouts, 
let alone you know a few dozen. It, it, it's it's obtuse and, and just get a get, you know, just get a big old old group chat going. Yeah, let's get <laughs> let's get a WhatsApp group chat going. <laughs> let you know well, who, who the hot players Also, people, nowadays. I didn't hey, realize I, I'm. I'm in New York. I'm in New York City, and I, and I see an eight-year-old. He's pretty good. Someone tell us Neil. You know, I mean, yeah, let's yeah. get that WhatsApp chat going. You know, but you you say like there's how many in in Germany the size of Oklahoma, and how many we have. They're saying some of these players are slipping through the cracks, bro. That those cracks, that's the Grand Canyon. <laughs> We've just got players leaking out left and right, and we're missing a lot of them. I mean, I know you have to run. You gave us a lot of time. And I'm I've got to go. Uh, yes, I've got to run because I've got to go pick up a former, a, a future uh, national team player, my three-year-old. Oh, great. Um, well, first of all, I want to thank you. Um, if there's one thing you could say to the fans, if you had the chance, what's the first thing you would do on day one, if you win? The first thing I'd do on day one? Yeah. Um, I, I would. The first thing I do on day one is obviously hire you guys as my hype man. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, job is done. Thank you so much, Cal Martino. Um, you, you've been a blast. Thank you so much. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll see you down in uh, Philly for the convention. All right. Thanks, guys. All, All right. Take care, Kyle. Take care. Oh, man. man. Dude, that was, I, that was awesome. I can't believe he actually <laughs> took the time out. Uh, we were trying to get him in studio and things got messed up. I'm just happy that we actually got a chance to speak to him. Um, and, I mean, I think he clarified a lot of the questions that we had, hopefully the fans as well. Yeah, I think so. And I, I, in general, I just I felt like uh, he did like, uh, you know, he does talk. He does talk. He, he, he gives like a, a, a very clear and concise point. And, and, I, he, and he adds. I, we yeah. asked him about the SUM thing and he brought up some of the old issues. Yeah, that was, I mean, it's so, like, yeah, he's not hiding I'm from anything. Up, he's bringing up old stuff. Yeah, yeah he's, like, <laughs> he's going deep. <laughs> He's no, but cuts. it's great, you know, and 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 there's that. That's not a thing you normally hear from almost any institution. No. Of like, look, these are these are the even the problems I've had with them yeah, on dude, a personal level. If I was running for president, I wouldn't answer a goddamn thing. <laughs> are you kidding me? Well, I would be like, SUM, and I, I don't know that guy. I mean, that? Wait, you listening to fake news? Is that what you're really gonna do? You're gonna ask me about no, that but garbage? It's great. Look, it's it, it's good to to hear stuff like that, and uh, you know, I know. Uh, I don't know exactly the platform of all the other candidates, but it right. just but just to hear that in any kind of uh, campaign is it, I mean, it, you, it leaves you a little bit optimistic on what the future of U.S. soccer is going to look like. I, to be honest, I don't. I, if he doesn't win, oof. <laughs> he is. <laughs> God, he's got he's NBC be. is going to be like, all right, uh, come back and we'll figure this out. Uh, you've been banned from everything, um, but <laughs> we can't get you in any building. Yeah, actually, yeah, no, we've you're lost actually, all you're credentials. You're not even allowed in the Starbucks in the <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. Stanford offices. But anymore. he ate pizza places called saying you're not allowed back in there because uh, you're within the. <laughs> that's how much influence. Uh, Soccer United Marketing yeah, has. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we want to also, uh, if you guys are listening, as you know, we were just kidding about the <laughs> Empire around. We'll have thing. a good time. <laughs> yeah. Christian brought it up, and I was like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> uh, no, but again. That was absolute blast. Thank you so much, uh, I mean, Kyle Martino. Know, and I do feel bad. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And I feel bad that we didn't get to all the questions that fans sent. Um, he didn't give us, you know, we didn't have like we an entire all the day time with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but um, we tried to get. You know, obviously, we got to give him an opportunity to, to say what he wants. You know, whether he's coming on the show for a specific reason to get uh, his thoughts out there. Um, and also, we had some, we had a couple of questions. Hopefully, we covered a lot. Um, we're going to try to get some of the other candidates on the show as well. It's not easy. Uh, they're yeah. busy, and uh, and, some and of we're them, also two comedians. <laughs> it's just that some of them are, are not too uh, too happy about this chance. I'm not kidding though. I do want to get Hope Solo on this show. Uh, I cannot wait. Okay, cool. uh, maybe we'll film as it long as the... I can wear protective gear throughout <laughs> yeah, the entire yeah. show. <laughs> Imagine we're like we just need you to stay behind this glass. Uh, I, I'm gonna wear. I'm gonna be dressed as a hockey goalie from the New York Rangers. <laughs> yeah. I'm like we go downstairs and just go to the uh, equipment. Yo, Henrik, can yeah. I just borrow some of your equipment? I'm Yo, Lundy. <laughs> 
What you got for me, baby? What's the biggest pad you got out here? Because Your boy got, needs it. <laughs> we got a tornado coming in yeah. the office. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this was an absolute blast. Uh, you know, coming in the studio on an off day just to talk to my man, Kyle. Yeah. Mr. Homie Mar fam. Uh, Mr. Martino. Thank you again uh, for coming on the show. Thank you again for SeatGeek for sponsoring uh, this episode again. Uh, make sure you go to SeatGeek.com. Uh, use the SeatGeek app. Use the promo code Cooligans. You Cooligans. get 20 bucks off your first purchase. And remember, they are the official ticket partner of MLS. Exactly. They go through all those other websites to find you the best deals. So why not just go directly to them? And if you tell them you're friends of ours... They got you. Come on. Uh, <laughs> so, guys, uh, not just that. Five stars on, on iTunes would be awesome. Uh, the more reviews we get, the higher up we get, the better uh, chance we get to do more interviews like this. And yeah, we would absolutely we, we're, love we're to. currently at, uh, at 69 reviews. Yeah. Nice. So, bruh. don't add any more. <laughs> don't put a review up. Light some candles. Huh? No, but also put Eat some pineapple. <laughs> help us out a bit. But, uh, <laughs> uh, get us some extra reviews. We're actually climbing up a little bit in the rankings when you search soccer in iTunes now we're like uh, we're like the 15th what there could we come up right there bye, bye. we're doing it so we're trying to get we're, to we're trying to promote ourselves to the upper <laughs> echelon we yeah okay we don't want to get relegated we've been uh, relegated for too long back back down uh so uh so yeah please uh, keep doing that keep sharing it please let people know and uh, and let us know who you want us to interview yeah that'd be great you yeah know, we're, we're out here doing all this on our own so if you have an idea of, of someone that you think would be uh someone great to interview someone that maybe is not an immediate name but has like a a big part in soccer in America yes. or, or yeah we would harass like to know. them on Twitter tell them to come on give us their cell phone number we'll be texting <laughs> them at two in the morning yo what well, are you up yeah Yo, you, you, <laughs> you want to do this podcast we number 15 now <laughs> okay yeah we do record at 3 15 a.m yeah. so what's the big deal maybe it was a mistake to just text you 69 first <laughs> but we wanted you to know how many reviews we got that's what it, was. it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't nothing crude it wasn't dirty <laughs> Baby, you're the one making it dirty. Also, eat the pineapple. Make it better for us. <laughs> All right. Now, we won't do that. All right. Uh, thank, you. thank you again for listening, everybody. We're having, we're having too much fun over Kyle's here. Kyle's going to listen back to this. I hope Kyle shut it off right when the interview ended. Uh, Thanks so much, and thanks uh, to um, uh, his his uh, people for uh, helping make this happen. That's right. Um, I won't put your names on blast because you know our fans will find your email. So uh, <laughs> thank you so much to everyone who helped make this happen. Thanks so much to uh, Hackensack Meridian Health Stage 17 for letting us do it here. Cumulus Media, check it out. We got some big news about Cumulus Media coming out pretty soon, That's too. That's right. Yep. So look out on our social media. We're really excited about it. My name is Christian Polanco. My name is Alexis Guerrero. And together we are the Cooligans!